Hi, and welcome to episode two of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I'm Randall, your host and an alcoholic. If you missed the first episode, you should stop right now and go back and listen. It's only nine minutes, and I'll tell you a little about me, my story, how I got here, and about alcoholism. The premise here is pretty straightforward. I have breakfast with an alcoholic. We talk about addiction, recovery, sobriety, whatever else comes up. Today, I'm having breakfast at Gracie's Corner Diner on the Upper East Side of New York City with my friend Chris. Chris is a teacher, a graduate student, and an alcoholic. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and join us. Welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am 31 years old. I live in New York City. Um, I was born in Brooklyn and to two really wonderful parents who worked really hard to get us out of Brooklyn. Um, as a kid, I was put a lot of pressure on myself. Had a really hard time dealing with that. Like I would come home every night from school, but while I'm laying in my bed, I would replay the entire day's event. I w would like almost like chastise myself for all the mistakes that I made. And lo and behold, I get introduced to alcohol when I was 13. Yeah, and I liked it because. Did, did you have problems sleeping as a kid? Bad. Yeah, I had trouble <laughs> sleeping. I didn't sleep. I mean, it would take me like hours to fall asleep every night. And because then you're, because you're thinking about what what didn't I what do didn't right? What did I do? What could I have done better? And the why worst, did I do this? Exactly. Yeah. And the worst part of the perfectionism was that like even when I did something and hit the insane bar that I set for myself, it wasn't like enough. It was just like okay, what's the next thing that I'm gonna do, or what's the next thing I'm gonna give myself a hard time about? In a lot of ways, I think that segued perfectly into my uh, uh, use of alcohol, and like I wasn't enough there. Lo and behold, kind of the same thing. How it wasn't enough. Um, for me to just drink. I wanted to try everything. I wanted to try everything in excess. And it started me down a road of um, experimentation and eventual regular use for a lot of things. Probably like 10 years from my first time trying alcohol, I did pretty well. I found a way to like manage my use. I found a way to like have successes. I graduated from college. I had great jobs. I did things. But like there were periods that were not good during that time because I would manage 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 until i couldn't and I'd, I'd meet like unmanageability like back then how long were you kind of out of commission i mean i could be down for a good um month two months i'd try to like create some kind of uh sobriety program for myself like tailor it to like what i needed at the time like whether it be like stopping this drug and then moving to these drugs i would not do this in excess i would drink on these days and like no matter what i did it would eventually spin out of control again there were periods where it got like really bad um and like i couldn't do anything about it i like refresh and come back out um and you were in college? I was. This was college, all through college, the years after college, I had a bad way with opiates. Um, and like that kind of was the, a deciding factor of like, wow, like this is a huge thing. I'm not gonna be able to like um, do this like without going away to treatment. I went away to treatment, I came back and like I spent all that time and I realized that I just needed to stop opiates. Same kind of things as before, just moderation and cutting out certain things. And I was telling myself that I was doing okay. During that period, my brother passed away um, from opiates and... 
Um, you think that would have done the trick for me needing to like really cut it out, and it didn't. Um, it's still I still kept using because the thing with like being not being fully sober is like you're not ready to handle the things that life throws at you, and this was a big thing, and it really sent me down a spiral. Um, I overdosed myself at that period. Still not enough. You know, I I lived in a sober house after that, and like everyone telling me like you need to go to meetings you need to work a program but I'm like no I think I'm I'm just gonna do this on my own again and I think I'm gonna like live in this house I'll do what I gotta do I'll get the people off my back um, and lo and behold I made it out of this house two weeks and I really went out again and this one was like probably my worst my rock bottom but I went away to a long-term treatment like a 12-step based and I was like okay I think I think I'm seeing something here like after denying needing to see something for so long I think I get it, like this is what I need. Um, and I just reinforced that the day I got out, um, I went to a meeting and I was like nervous about having to be able to maintain this sobriety because I knew if I go back again, it's not gonna be good. And I have, and since then I've been able to keep um, sober a day at a time. I'm almost at 10 months now total since my relapse. Things are going, things are going well right now. Uh, but yeah, you've got 10 months. Yeah. And you'll have a you'll have a year very soon, exactly, which is pretty amazing. To me, like sobriety was painful. I had learned to associate sobriety with pain, right. because that emotional pain that you feel is some of the worst when you get first so when you first get sober. Well, that's that's a really good point, and I I think part of it is because you know you've been fighting yourself for so long, and I think when you finally kind of come in. It takes a lot, yeah. And and I mean, it's kind of like you know, like a superhero movie, a little bit, right? You yeah. Kinda, you kind of have to like fight the bad version of yourself and be like, okay, no. The addiction has a certain energy that it, it is always going to have, and is, and you really have to do like everything in your power to create an energy that offsets it. I remember years ago when I was first trying to get sober, and I was doing an IOP, and I lived in Washington at the time. And I would come home at night at eight o'clock and just feel like so completely empty. Because I think early on, like your whole life is drinking or using. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you finally go to get help, you've usually burned most of the bridges in your personal life, right? Yeah. So there's not there, that's not there. Mm -hmm. And then you're giving up the only thing that's given you any real stability and support. Yeah. In a really, I know that's messed up to say, but that's yeah. true. And that you just feel empty, and every day is like a fight. I identify with that so much. You know, I I think that the critical element in all of this is self-honesty, right? And learning to be honest with yourself. The delusions of our mind that we create, and they're hard to to try to negate that, like those thought processes, because like. I was convinced like I needed these things to be like the funny, outgoing, good person that I was. Like I couldn't get up every day and work without like having something waiting for me at the end or even in the middle of my day. I needed that thing. Like I needed that. It was something stable in a way. Like they do what they do because they and they do it every time and they're there for you waiting for you. They're they they cure your loneliness. They they cure your anxiety, they cure your depression, they do this. It may be temporary and it may make them worse in the long run, but you can't see that when you're in that diluted state. So when did you first realize you were an alcoholic? 
It's an interesting question because, like, you can track it back to that first sense of relief I felt from my own mind when I was 13 years old. Like, there's something here, not necessarily that, that it became alcohol, but, like, there's something that treats this, and it's easy, and it's quick, and I can, it's available. Right. Um, but when I uh, got, uh, went through my opiate, heavy opiate phase... Um, there was a point when I was like, I can't live my life like this. Like, A, I'm going to die, and B, like, it's just not working. And I tried to detox myself like 10, 15 times over the course of like six or eight months and went through hell. Like days, I'd make it three days through the worst of it, and then I couldn't make it the fourth day. I was, um, I think I was going to uh, sleep away rehab for the first time. <laughs> and I don't think people really appreciate I, you know, I, I never was an opiates person. Same I was thing. just an old school no, alcoholic. But yeah, you know, sweating all night long, the shakes. The, uh, yeah, you know, when things got bad, bad, bad for me, really bad, I used to drink at a place at eight in the morning. <laughs> Pancake would be pancakes and wine. <laughs> yeah, this is better. And I'd have to wait until the bartender went to the end of the bar because I didn't want them to see how badly my hands were shaking to get that first drink. Wow. What do you think is the most surprising thing uh, that you've learned in sobriety? Um, I would say it would have to be the fact that it doesn't suck, (laughs) which I had a lot of anecdotal evidence of sobriety being horrendously painful emotionally, physically, all the things in my life that had led me to believe that being sober was a horrendous existence. And I couldn't, I couldn't live that way either. As bad as the drugs were getting, I could still like function with those. Right. When near, I was first getting those first month, two months, three months, ninety days of, of sobriety, man, your head is in a, like a tornado mm-hmm. of hell. You can't like nothing's right. Nothing feels right. You just feel like an, a different person in your body. So I mean, what is life like for you today? Man, life has been um, going real well. You know, it came came back together quick. I'm really happy I went away for as long as I did. But I just, I wake up and I'm happy to wake up. I'm working in a school as a teacher. I like have my master's program. My brain's also not running in circles when I'm not doing the work with the craziness that was my addict mind. And Right now, I'm just being where I am, and I think that's why I'm, I'm so able to like feel the way I am. I still have residual anxiety in the mornings, even though like I'm very much enjoying my days now, and I love my job, and I love my uh, school. My day's not going to be so bad. My day's not going to be like it was. Right. Well, coffee, guys, okay? okay. A little more, please. Mm-hmm. If you could travel back in time and talk to yourself, yeah, whatever interval is 10 years 20 years you're young five years two years so you care i don't care yeah what would you tell yourself this is an interesting question because i want there to just be like a magic phrase i could say to myself in the past that would get me to understand even like if my past self completely accepted this being in front of them as being me from 10 years in the future right which is the plot of the Terminator movies, to exactly. be fair, right? Which, yeah, exactly. No one ever buys at first. Like, no, they don't. I'm from the future and I'm here to save you? Yeah, no, exactly. No one believes that. Yeah, and like, even though hypothetically saying, like, if the, I did accept that, like, you are that, I don't know that there would have been anything that I could said to keep me off the road that I went to, but like, just to simplify it, 
it would be like don't try to do this alone like it's okay to ask for help but I took it to some reason that I needed to do each and everything in my life alone and it's just not possible with certain things yeah you can be successful alone in a lot of ways but I've realized not with this not with being sober you cannot do this alone drinking by myself that I enjoyed very much that's a professional alcoholic right um, there yes I was good I, I really was an OG alcoholic yeah. <laughs> now it's time for the alcoholic lightning round you ready for this I'm ready uh, we're gonna put 30 seconds on the clock Got I'm it. gonna ask you a series of rapid-fire questions okay you ready yeah 30 seconds on the clock if you had a superpower what would it be uh, telepathy was your bed made when you left the house this morning? It was not made, no. Three words people use to describe you? Uh, silly, passionate, and intuitive. Describe your personal style in one word. Comfy slash understated. <laughs> and, and when they make Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the movie, who do you think should play you? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, there's a guy, an actor named Joel Kinnaman. He's he's a good one for me. He's and he's I, yeah he's played roles where he's been like a strung out guy. Tell me a movie he's been in. This seems like a very. He was in a show called The Killing. He was in a show called Altered Carbon. He was oh, in the okay. Suicide Squad movies. All right, last thing you watched or the last thing you read? Um, the last thing I read was Devil in the White City. Last thing I watched was the Batman movie. Very good. Both really Clock good. off. All right. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed breakfast with an alcoholic. I know I'm already looking forward to another great breakfast soon. And I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous. We're completely okay if you want to tell your friends about us. You can find the daily gratitude lists on Twitter and Instagram at thanks FLMS. Thanks for letting me share. Or you can visit thanksforlettingmeshare.substack.com. You can find the daily gratitude list there too, as well as, and importantly, episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. So visit, subscribe, and visit again. Finally, on a serious note, if you need help, or think you might need help, or know someone who needs help, and you're ready to ask, there's someone who can help you. In New York, you can go to nyintergroup.org, and that's a complete listing of AA resources in this area. So, be well, stay groovy, call your sponsor, and join us next time on Breakfast with an Alcoholic.